welcome to Restart Radio, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because unlike most, we don't focus on those new shiny, shiny things you're supposed to buy. We focus on the value and the stuff we already have. The Restart Project aims for a shift of behavior towards a more sustainable and happier relationship with electronics. Our monthly community electronics repair events in London, which we call Restart Parties, are just the beginning. My name is Janet Gunter, and I'm joined by Ugo Valaudi. Hello. And we're the co-founders of the Restart Project. Um, and we often talk about fixing and keeping things for longer. But in this episode, we're going to talk about something that you, that you really rarely hear about and we don't talk about. And we get asked about it all the time. And that is, uh, how, do, how do I find a home for an unwanted but functioning gadget or appliance? So we're going to talk about um, how to buy secondhand and refurbished electronics and also how to sell them so when you feel like you need to move on. Uh, this is something that we don't always encourage because our mission at the Restart Project is to encourage people to keep the things they have for longer. But we're realists, right, Ugo? Yeah, well, there's so many different situations where someone happens to have a thing that just simply don't need anymore. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. In fact, you should do something with it before it loses further value there or you go. leaving it. So rest. sometimes the best option is just simply to move on, find a home for that gadget with, with somebody else, someone who's going to actually use it better and more than you do instead of putting it in a drawer or putting it in a closet or throwing it away. So um, the best option sometimes is just to keep something for longer, keep it in use for longer by giving it to someone else. Um, and you really won't hear much about this anywhere else because in the media, even though there's the constant pressure to, to get a new thing, to get new features, to upgrade, it's interesting. There's like very little advice about, okay, when you upgrade, what to do with the other one because oftentimes the upgrade culture it asks us to leave behind things that are perfectly functioning and valuable. And also the pressure to recycle things, uh, mm -hmm. which obviously things need to be recycled in the best, most environmentally friendly way when the time comes. But there's a lot of times when that is not yet the time when you're done with an object. Yeah. And so like you, you'll notice if you ask your local authority um, in the UK, you know, what am I supposed to do? Um, what do I do with this thing that I don't want? It's immediately treated as wa the first way in which it's treated is waste. Yeah. It's like the local authority has a lens to view things as waste. Um, and, you know, actually their main interest in many local authorities is to prevent it from going to landfill. Um, and so some local authorities are starting to, to provide information about how to reuse things. But it's still actually quite an incipient kind of new conversation I, I've, we've found when yeah, we're talking and, to local you know, authorities. You get quite a lot of detailed information about how where to bring the things that are really end of life, but then the advice on what to do with the things that could have a second or third lease of life is very, very, let's say, it lacks a lot more detail that we'd yeah. like to see it's patchy. in the future. Even we don't provide enough. So we have a page on our website, which is therestartproject.org slash unrepaired. So that is for the heartbroken person who attends our restart party and didn't finish a repair, doesn't really know what to do with that thing. Um, but we, was, we were talking about many times we need slash unwanted yep. or goodbye or something like that. You know, we yeah. were talking, probably some of our listeners uh, had uh, listened to the closure experience episode last week on our podcast. And 
this is one way to close to end an, an experience, actually making sure that it's not the end period yeah. for that product. And so yeah. we need more information. We need more confidence in doing this right. Absolutely. So reuse and resale helps keep values circulating. It prevents gadgets from being shredded prematurely, so in recycling, or being sent to landfill. So we're going to start uh, with a couple of tips about how to find a new home for your e-stuff locally. Now, this is when the things uh, no longer really have any resale value or you personally are not interested in recouping that value. You just want to find a new home for the thing. So the obvious one we're going to start with is free cycle. Yes. Well, it's it's a great resource in theory because it links you with a lot of people that are in your neighborhood, most likely, that will... Among them, there's always going to be or most likely going to be someone who sees an opportunity linked to the product you no longer want. I've had an experience just this past weekend where in our house, we still had an old uh, CRT large TV. So one, not a flat screen TV, one of those cathodic tube ray TVs that are very heavy, uh, 28 inch. And we just don't have a TV in our home. We, we just don't need a TV. And we finally got around to trying to give it a new home. And I thought no one is going to ever want it. And yet someone drove one hour to my house to collect this huge piece of electrical. And Two people came and they carried it out. Wow. So it, it can happen. I had a frustrating experience, not not actually with recyclers per se, but with Yahoo Mail. So some free cycles are very strange. It's not really an organization. It's I don't really know what it is. But some of the groups and uh, are still run on yahoo mail and i'm telling you i don't even think yahoo mail is good enough for my junk mail i was extremely frustrated just with the actual user interface like the user experience of free cycle um and each in each in each local authority we believe it's different right Ugo? so yeah. to free cycles credit they've actually created a newer platform to help people uh, run it in a more efficient way but not, not every group has moved yeah. in and uh free cycle itself is a not-for-profit registered in the u.s but every group outside of the u.s runs it as a completely community-oriented, uh, yeah. completely not-for-profit initiative, which is great. No, the, and the moderators do amazing work, so I'm not not to knock them. No. There's 34,000 people on mine in Lambeth. 34,000. Yeah. That's crazy. So also, so um, so the, in the UK, we have an alternative to Freecycle. It has to do with there's a whole history there. We're not going to get into it. They're also really great. Freegal. And Freegal has, I think, a better presence on social media, and they um, they have their own um, interface. I think it's very much the same logic, so um, it's all about reuse. Um, then you also have other options, such as um, Street Life and Street Bank, where people really focus on a community, local community. So you have you can limit the range of people that can access your information. So these those things nice. can work. And those feel somewhat more social because they're like they're like platforms where you might actually, if, if you wanted to um, really know the person who got it and like, you know, maybe make a local connection, that's more of a place to do that. You can I see say. a picture of someone yeah. and you know roughly who they are. Yeah. Um, and then a, a lot of communities have like a local Facebook page or a group where people are, are, are uh, trading things. It's funny, my sister-in-law in the U.S. tells me that the the ones where it doesn't work to give things away in the U.S. 
like they, they they have to assign a value to the thing because there's not enough like trust among people. So if if you try and give away toys, people won't take them. But if you try and try and charge money, they will. But just to say that these local groups exist all over the place. In, um, in, in the U.S., mm-hmm. there's even a platform that tries to do that at uh, at a bigger scale called Yardle, and there it, it's interesting because they they assign a value to things exactly so that people gain tokens and so they kind of you need to have a certain street cred mm. uh, which is linked to how much stuff are you giving away and how much stuff you're requesting so it's there's all kinds of ways yeah and lastly we wanted to bring attention to the fact that um that a lot of uh, maker spaces and hacker spaces might might i say that uh, might, <laughs> very important word be able to take advantage of some um uh, legacy older electronics or different kinds of things that, that for for hacking and for projects um and here in london there's an excellent map of maker spaces and hacker spaces uh, it's called the open workshop network if you just use your favorite search engine you'll get there even probably not the favorite you'll still get there eventually. yeah <laughs> okay uh, but uh let's imagine that your device still has some value and, or you'd like to help a charity recoup some of that value um so you're not willing just to you know put it on the local thing and give it away um ugo and i are going to go through the four categories of devices that we see at our community repair events called restart parties and we're going to give some tips top tips about how to buy and how to sell um, and just a disclaimer that we are not endorsing any given company that we mentioned here. We're just trying to simply lay out the options as we see them. So we're going to start with computers and home office equipment. Ugo, this is one of the most frequent categories of devices at our restart parties. Yes, and you know some of the people that come to restart parties, they might have a computer that they want to fix, but for whatever reason, in the meantime, they had to upgrade because they had this thing they didn't know what to do with. So at that point, well, let's make sure that this thing gets a second life. And it really depends on the kind of computer you have. So if it's rather old, and when I say old, I mean seven years old or so, it's very unlikely that you will manage to get commercial value out of it. But there might still be charities out there that actually refurbish products and find them a new useful home. And, you know, I can think of Computer Aid, for example, and uh, uh, there's a number of others that, uh, that do that work. But you can then also explore, if it's a slightly more recent machine, uh, you can explore, try to sell it yourself. And there's various options there. You can, it depends also how much time you have uh, for doing this. And that's why people at times just end up giving things away because the the time involved to to really resell might be putting some people off so one option would be for example uh the people running the uh computer exchange uh network which is a franchise uh which doesn't exist just in the UK but it's international and it's a good place where you can easily get your product valued live by someone who will inspect it and make sure it works and you can get cash back straight away um once it's passed their test. So that's an interesting example. Okay, and they they take somewhat of a premium both on the buying and the selling, correct? They do, and um, it's an interesting model, uh, again, because uh, they do provide a, a service in exchange for taking a cut from both buyer and seller. And the service includes the fact that now they have provide 
two years worth of warranty on any secondhand product that you might buy. That's pretty significant. It's it's very significant because at times that can be more than the warranty provided by the manufacturer, even though... Although we don't have any experience invoking that or using that, so there's a a word of caution there. But that sounds interesting. Um, Of course, there's everybody's favorite auction website, which everybody uses for everything. I don't even have to mention it. So what are some tips for um, people who might want to sell something there? So... I think it's crucial that you uh, provide as much detailed information about potential faults or small dents or whatever else, uh, the appearance of products and whether you're experiencing any problem. I think honesty really pays off. And uh, it's a good thing if you're trying to buy, uh, because if you see that people go in great length and detail, it means they are probably more likely to be honest people and they really want you to get what you actually are after and in terms of selling it it reduces chances that people will flood you with questions about but what about this and what about that okay also um just uh, it may be obvious but not to all of us um if you're going to sell a device with your personal data on it please get informed about how to wipe the data um there are obviously many different uh, opinions about what uh, what length you should go to, but there's plenty of good advice online about that. Um, printers is one of the things we see loads of, and I just wanted to bring that up because it's obviously um, something that people seem to be quite attached to having at home. Yes, I will be very... Uh, my opinion here is very personal. I'd say that I would never buy a second-hand inkjet printer myself because... Things can go wrong so easily. Uh, I would certainly be after a laser printer more likely. Um, We've seen too many um, inkjet printers that starts having issues with not printing perfectly or maybe one color no longer works uh, and some of the so-called nozzles are stuck with dried up ink. So this would be Mm -hmm. a a word of caution, uh, particularly for very cheap products. That said, um, printers are a bit like, I was, I was just thinking they're a bit like a gym membership. You know, <laughs> like you buy it, you're like, oh, I'm going to print all these things in color. I'm going to make that poster. I'm going to print these photos. And then you just leave it and it doesn't get used. Very and true. for that reason, sometimes it's hard to, to use, to, to, to reuse them. However, it might be worth asking around among your friends and family if somebody has a printer that they're that just like a gym membership they've abandoned yeah and then the same with laser jets so if you work in a small organization bigger organizations have different ways of dealing with electronic waste but a small one might provide an opportunity to get a laser jet printer at home for free just you know save one from from recycling and laser jets are great because they just they do what you need them to do and if you are looking for one, um, it, it will be probably good practice to look at what will be the cost of replacing the toner. And you, you can find you can, a range of options there. You can go back to the original manufacturer and you might be quoted quite a significant amount. Or you can access various websites that provide you reuse the re- toners that can be equally of good quality at times. <laughs> So, uh, you're listening to Restart Radio. (laughs) Uh, We just talked about computer and home office uh, devices and how we can buy and sell. Um, We're going to be talking about electronic gadgets. 
uh, next. And this is an area where we're, pretend, we're particularly interested in avoiding dodgy stolen devices, correct, Hugo? Absolutely. Uh, particularly for mobile phones, uh, there seems to be a thriving market for products that are not really legit, so that might have been stolen. And so one good practice there, if you're buying secondhand, to consult whether the seller is running a software that can provide you with uh, an accurate uh, certainty that, that the product is not stolen. And there's a service, uh, there might be others, but there's a service called CheckMend that allows the sellers to actually give you um, a good uh, insur assurance that actually that product wasn't stolen. And so sellers on eBay or other platforms that use that, uh, that will be a preferable source if you're trying to buy. If you're trying to sell, you should, if you have, make sure to provide the original receipt that you have, if you do have it, of the originally bought device. You bought your last mobile on, uh, on was it Gumtree, right? I did buy it on, of Gumtree and uh, actually turned out that it was a second-hand device already that the person who sold it to me had bought it from Computer Exchange. So it was okay and it was good for me to know what was the trajectory of that device. It gave me further um legitimacy about it yeah um and so like products like mp3 players or tablets pretty much what you see is what you get um as as a, as a buyer i would say um probably with mobiles the same uh one issue that's uh, cameras are quite interesting so um i had some friends who are photojournalists and they showed me their tricks for basically protecting the appearance of cameras that they actually used quite intensively and I won't say abused but you know they, they had a life where they you know photojournalists never actually really use cases they just kind of carry them uh, on their side um, and they basically they showed me they covered them with electrical tape and they would sell them on after a year's use and after removing the electrical tape the thing pretty much looked entirely pristine but you as, as a buyer you wouldn't necessarily have you wouldn't know that they had been you know slammed around and a bit abused so i would say a, a like a little bit of caution with cameras if you're going to try and buy a camera definitely just um you know experiment with it um try and use it um I, would you would you buy a camera from an online seller i mean i guess you could i would personally i think the advantage of buying secondhand in a way is that you can see what's happened in the two or three years prior to it and so you can see if people are experiencing on by consulting all kinds of online forms whether people are experiencing problems with it whether it's actually yeah. durable so perhaps the experience of a, something used by a photojournalist wouldn't be so bad if the brand is reliable etc etc okay. and obviously this goes back to the point of what should you have a special case for your device while you're using it my personal experience that Janet keeps laughing about is that eventually my mobile phone screen cracked and the cost of repairing is massive blah 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 and so do, do buy do invest a few pounds in a case for your device do yourself a favor and if you have the case even the resale value will be higher because you'll have less dense or other problems with it 
Okay. Um, and moving on to the next category, uh, which is home entertainment devices. And this is an area where I guess I've always bought secondhand, and I think a lot of people do, um, looking at stereo components, um, you know, uh, DVD players, anything related to TVs, projectors. Um, in fact, between us, I don't think we, we buy anything new. Um, I do occasionally, oh, occasionally, but I haven't in years. Okay. So um, with those, I guess the top tip would just be, you know, definitely save all the leads, all the remotes, all the original boxes, everything that when you when you get something or if you buy something secondhand, you know, look for people that are doing that because it's a good indication that someone has taken care with this, with uh, with the device and also just you know it, it increases the the resale value. And I wanted to say here that um, you can also. You can, you, there are some places that retail this stuff in the UK. So, like, and I want to mention for, for both this and the next category, the British uh, British Heart Foundation is a good place to go. But there are other places to go, uh, charities, where you can, if you can't be bothered to resell it, give those uh, stereo components, those things to the charity. And for them, the resale value will also be higher if you include a remote and all the leads. So even if you're not necessarily thinking about resale, um, you can help someone else in future if you do that. Take a little bit greater care. So here's a, an argument against the rush to declutter. So you should keep some of the boxes of your more esteemed gadgets. Sometimes. I was thinking of that with the, yeah our discussion about Marie Kondo. Yes, definitely. I hope you have if you have space in your house. I hope you do. Um, even under your boiler or whatever, just keep all of those old boxes if possible. Um, any other top tips, Ugo, on that, cate- on that category? So, uh, you mentioned projectors, and here the, the main tip for me would be check what is the price for a spare light. So if you need to change lamp the lamp, lamp, sorry, the lamp, it, it's, it can be extremely expensive. So if you're buying secondhand, assume that you will have to change the lamp fairly soon and therefore keep that in mind in checking which one you might want to buy secondhand. Excellent. And with, you know, with all the... Constant improvements in, you know, I don't know, uh, pixels or resolution or whatever, and all of these things. There's always people um, who want the next best thing. It's actually quite reasonable to be able to buy some of the older versions of these. At this point, there's enough people that want ultra high resolution, and so you you can be quite happy with whatever they are trying to sell. Okay, and the last category of devices that we tend to see um, uh, are kitchen and bathroom related devices and this is really interesting a lot of people do not know that kitchen appliances can be uh, bought secondhand and resold so um, if you're listening here in London and you've probably had to you know go through a number of horrendous moves that you weren't expecting you couldn't pack up your whole amazing kitchen or your whole amazing flat and you had to say goodbye to some things um, some kitchen appliances they're still perfectly fine. Um, there are ways you can either sell them or, as I said, mentioned earlier, you can give them to charities. Um, what do you think determines the resale value of these devices and what you can sell and what you can't? There's certainly uh, an element of whether spare parts availability is there. And, you know, we tend to assume that there are no spare parts available anymore, but we actually find that if, if you do spend a bit of time trying to find them, at times you have some good surprises. Brand value is an issue and so there are some brands that do stand out and have higher resale value and depending on the type of product and um, well batteries batteries for those devices that are battery operated 
if it's rather old, you might want to check whether a replacement battery does exist and yeah. whether it's possible to replace a battery. I'm thinking of like classic, I don't know, like classic shavers or other things that, I mean, I've, I've met people that have, had, that have shavers that last like 20 years or whatever. I yeah. guess battery replacement is an issue there. I've not seen too many uh, secondhand <laughs> shavers. I think yeah. people tend to hold on to them. You'd be surprised though. Like for example, toasters. I mean, I, I w- it wouldn't strike me that there'd be a big a resale market for toasters, but there definitely is actually for the quality ones. Yeah. And mm. if you can get some of the spare parts, why not? I mean, they're beautiful and more iconic than some of the more recent throwaway ones. And that's the thing. I mean, I grew up uh, with, a, I think we must have had our blender must have been like 25 years old when I was a kid. And, you know, why not invest in an older uh, kitchen? appliance that you actually have more confidence will last than the new ones um so that's definitely um something to think about um and something i hadn't thought about until very recently so i hope our run through of these different um appliances and the way to buy and sell them has been has been helpful um we're going to close with another uh reuse related story from ugo yes so I read a very interesting piece on Ars Technica this week about how you can reuse old speakers to create a connected sound experience all over your flat or house. So the idea is uh, with the recent introduction of the Google Chromecast Audio, which is a tiny device that's quite affordable and uh, can be paired with your mobile phone or computer via Bluetooth, uh, you can give a second life to all kinds of existing speakers as long as they have an auxiliary input. So to give you an idea, you could have five, ten or more of these devices all synced um, with your source of sound and you could have a speaker in every room of your house all connected through your home Wi-Fi all playing the same music. Now, you don't necessarily need it but if you have a bunch of speakers out there and you like to throw parties or simply have your morning news in whichever room of the house you're, you might be going to, that's an option. That sounds cool. That sounds very geeky but um, and probably more than I'm willing to put in in terms of work. But definitely, if you give new life to the those old surround sound speakers. And it's actually less geeky than it might sound. Trust me on this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, you've been listening to Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM. There is a restart party coming up in Wembley Park on Saturday. Um, You can get help with anything that has a battery or that plugs in, any of the various devices and gadgets that we've talked about. And um, even if you're thinking of saying goodbye to something, definitely fix it before you before you try and sell it. Um, you'll increase its resale value and you'll learn something in the meantime. Um, you can find out more on our website, therestartproject.org, or find us on Twitter or Facebook. And we'd like to make a special thank you uh, this afternoon for our new <laughs> our new music <laughs> to OptoNoise, who made the, our intro um, with lasers and a, a little bit of reuse of electronics, and Cassini Sound, uh, which is a, a great um, business, uh, neighbor business to ours, um, who helped uh, remix and make it the magical intro that it is. So thanks very much for that. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks. thanks.